This is Missioning, Global Interactions podcast and a space to explore all things mission. Hello, welcome to Missioning. I'm Solari. Hang on, hang on, Solari. We're going to turn the tables today, actually, so you just sit tight for a second. (laughs) Hello, welcome to Missioning. I'm Tegan, and I'm normally behind the scenes, but today I have the privilege of chatting with someone who will be very familiar to our listeners. She is someone who is passionate about engaging with the next generation. She mentors, coaches and journeys with young adults and next-gen pastors, and you know her as the host of Missioning. Welcome, Solari Nielsen. (laughs) Thank you. It is so lovely to be here on the other side of the table today. That's right. (laughs) Now, we have loved hearing from you as the host of Missioning. What has been one of the best things about recording these episodes? Well, I think one of the best things is just being able to hear the stories of those that have been interviewed. Uh, It's just uh, inspirational as you hear how they step out into their local community from the learnings of what our intercultural workers are doing. Um, And I love that each time I walk away thinking, what does it mean to be Jesus in our community? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's so right. And we hear that through the episodes, don't we? Just There's always a story. There's always something um, of God at work. And one of the key parts of your um, role over the past years has been journeying with young adults. What excites you about that space? Well, I love engaging in their journey, their spiritual walk, listening and hearing from God with them and helping them to discern their own missional journey, giving them an opportunity to share uh, what's going on in their own hearts and, and delve into spiritual disciplines, but also going, well, what has God got in store for you in your local missional context or in your youth context or young adult context or if they're leading into those spaces as well too. And I know that them. you've really been um, passionate about connecting them with intercultural workers yes. and connecting those stories in together. Absolutely love that. That's been one of the um, most incredible parts of my job has been to um, give them opportunities to and uh, running events and programs so that they can connect with that and with them. Yeah, and I know that your last couple of years has been a big journey towards um, mission and what that means for yourself and your life and your family. So can you share a bit of your journey? Uh, In May 2018, I was invited to go to Cambodia with Cathy Staunton um, on a global exposure trip alongside the girl that I was mentoring at the time, Marley. And uh, I'm a primary school teacher. And so little did I know that my days at my school were numbered uh, and that teaching was going to go in a completely different direction. Uh, I was, it was a life-changing time for me. I loved um, going to Cambodia, connecting with intercultural workers and watching how they built intercultural, like just relationships, authentic relationships um, with the people that they were encountering from their local cafe to the hairdresser to um, the place where they got breakfast. It just blew me away that each of them knew our intercultural workers by name and the the language learning was just um, uh, helping them to to interact with them. I think uh, another aspect of the actual trip that we went on was we visited a whole lot of Christian social enterprises and we saw how these organisations were working towards impacting the local Khmer community and making a difference in the lives of youth or young adults or building into their skill-based sets to help them to uh, t- to learn new skills so that they could 
uh, uh, be in their community. Um, we also saw firsthand how each of the team members were leaning into God and how they were building team as well too through that. Um, some were new to, to um, Cambodia and so it was amazing to see just the, the, the time they were spending getting to know each other as well. Uh, we, we especially loved our time in the village. We did a homestay and that was incredible. Yeah. We engaged with um, the authentic culture and also with language learning. So each of the team members, we had some language learning and that just really held us in good stead in ta- terms of saying hello and learning just some of the basics of, of communicating um, as we, uh, we were welcomed so warmly into their village. Um, we also had opportunities to listen to stories of how God called each of the intercultural workers into mission. I think that was really a powerful time for us and hearing yeah. about the steps each of them had taken uh, and the faith and the trust that they'd built uh, and also just how they were developing partnerships with the churches and, and families and friends back home as well too and communicating with them. And for each of their calls, like were they quite diverse in how they got yeah, to be there? Yeah, absolutely. That, Every single one of them had a different story and yeah. some yeah. had us, you know, in tears and some had us laughing. And and I think that sense of uh, that long-term call to mission as well too was what really impacted me. Um, also, I think uh, one another really incredible time that we as a team had together was the reflection time. Once we'd gone right. and seen all these things, we'd experienced the, uh, uh, the each day, the daily life, and then we had a time away together um, to reflect. It was like action and reflection and, and reflecting on what we had seen and what we had heard and asking God to show each of us. We had some solitude time out and, and asking God to show us what he wanted for us as we headed back into our lives in Australia. And some of us were regional, some of us were CBD, and, and going back into our suburbs, into our youth groups, into our small groups, um, into our church context. And some um, were, were going into new contexts as well, and um, including myself. We were moved churches and we were moved yeah. into a new community. And, well, a community that we'd been with seven years ago, but we hadn't um, uh, hadn't started to build those relationships again. Yeah, but that reflection back as well, and while you were there as well, because I think that it's so easy to go somewhere and be feel like you've experienced this incredible thing and you've been transformed, but then you come back home yeah. and it, so nothing changes. But to actually yeah. take that with you and say, what have I learnt? What can I yep. put into my um, absolutely? Current and I think for me. Um, I asked God specifically to show me how to connect with our closest neighbours um, and build genuine, authentic relationships that weren't task-oriented or, or you know, that yes. it wasn't another you know, box to tick. It wasn't evangelism where I'm like, oh, yes, I've ticked that box. It was all about building into connectivity and, and relying on each other. And it has honestly, God has just opened those doors for us, especially during this, this year. Um, and shown us how to uh, how to build those relationships, and and through that actual experience, it was quite interesting. Um, I felt God calling me into the the role of young adults consultant with Global Interaction. So coming straight back in nice. before we even hit the relationships with the neighbours, I was hit with this this job offer because um, I'd gone with Kathy Staunton, and Kathy was heading off to Cambodia in a few yeah. right, and she was, <laughs> she the, was previous, the previous the previous yeah. young adults yeah. consultant, and so. 
Um, I feel that this this job has been an absolute gift. Like it is an absolute gift upon a gift. I love innovating, running events and allowing the connections um, with young adults, with next-gen pastors and conversations with intercultural workers to come together. And I think that's a yes. key part of connecting intercultural workers, like we said before, with young adults or with key people so that they can hear of their stories and understand what it means to be an intercultural worker. Yeah, that's all right. And, you know, we've seen over recent years that um, fewer and fewer young people are staying in, in churches and um, going through the teenage years and then in adulthood, young adulthood, um, staying in churches. So, yeah, what would you say are some of the sort of key things that will keep young adults and teenagers yeah. engaged? I think um, it starts with relationship and mentors and people um, actually willing to journey with them and and hear their encounters of God. And I think for them to feel free to ask the questions of somebody that's going to be uh, non-judgmental and to be able to walk with them, I think that's really key. But also I think foundations are really key. I think foundations, spiritual disciplines are really, really important for our young adults and, and youth and children. I think it, it's, it goes from, it starts from when they're young. And I think weaving um, who Jesus is and building into them what it means to connect with Jesus, to hear, to listen. But also within that, I think um, this year I've been involved in the um the Emerge uh, Apprenticeship Pathway with Bill Brown and with the interns. And it's been really interesting. We, every single week we talk about bless. How do we bless our neighbourhood, our community? What does it look like to uh, – and the word bless starts – it's begin with prayer, listen, eat, serve and share and share your story. And we want to participate in God's mission. That's the whole idea. And so for these young adults it was – fantastic because we were hearing their stories but also we were able to share stories back and we want to be prayerfully attentive to how God is leading us and so I was able to share some stories this um, this year about how we just started to build those relationships and 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 connect with our neighbors and build community um, so over the year, we, we've just kind of have both sides, both houses, either side have chickens. And so it's just oh, amazing. So, so we would, they would, one, one family was giving us eggs every fortnight and it was amazing. We'd just go over and chat and converse and, and connect with them. And it's been so fantastic. And over that time, uh, Jasper, uh, my second son, just he loves, he's wanted chickens for a long time. And so one particular day we just went, well, let's look at getting them. That was really exciting. We got over to their house. They'd given us a full rundown of what needed to be done. And then we came home, we researched, everyone got on their little, um, their tablets and all we were all researching. And then within two days we got chickens and um, and we hit the ground running, had no idea how to house them and we had our next door neighbour come and help us kind of set up or look at how we should do things and fox prove it. Um, and then the neighbours on the other side, then they said, oh, we've got chickens too. So um, we talked about <laughs> vegetables and gardening because Jasper loves gardening as well and so do I. And so we just started connecting with our passion. We're passionate about chickens now and, yeah. and gardening. And, yeah. And then in the middle of this year for our, my um, my daughter's birthday, um, we decided to cut a hole in the fence so that their son, who's uh, 
who's four could connect with Kyra. And it was just so cute. So they're going between the fence. It was a little window with perspex because, you know, COVID times, a little window and then a little hole down the bottom where they could um, give each other little gifts as well too, which was really cute. Um, And they, uh, through the whole time, they had little play dates and would play games and throw, I think the boys uh, would throw airplanes over and we just started to connect with them even more because, you know, it was kind of lonely within, you know, in lockdown and so... Um, the yeah. kids just absolutely loved it. And so we also did some letterbox drops and some Easter egg droppings, droppings, <laughs> uh, the locals and, and connected with people and sent our phone number. We had some great phone messages from people and, and connecting with them and recipe swapping. And so it just started yes. this beautiful way of connecting with our, our locality. And, and it just reminded me of what was happening overseas what we saw in Cambodia that sense of who is your neighbor and watching um those intercultural workers that we connected with Rob and Deb were amazing at just building those relationships who was their neighbor and and their neighbors were their friends and so we want to do the same thing we want to be friends with our neighbors so that they have the opportunity to see the Jesus that lives in our hearts as well too and so, yeah, so they over this time we kind of we, we've got a plan to get a coffee cart for our neighbours and now that lockdown's finished and, and so that we can, you know, get a coffee cart on a Saturday morning and everyone come down and grab a coffee and um, also just that sense of, you know, going back to the coffee thing, just going to the same places every time yeah. as well too. I think that's one of the yes. things that really um, impacted me was that when you go to those same places, you build those relationships with your local um with the locals there and they know your name and they know your face and and so that's another way to interact with conversation yeah, as well too. Yeah, and taking that yep. transaction into yeah, a relationship. Absolutely. And we did that in Newport. Everyone knew who we were in in in, in the the church there, but also in in the local stripper shops and I think you know, we need to make sure that there's that sense of having it's genuine. It's authentic. It's mm. it's God breathed. It's it's not just a ticking a box. Yeah, that's right. And I think that what I'm sort of hearing is from your experience with your neighbours, it's it's that sort of combination of taking opportunities as they come, being spontaneous and open, seeing yeah. where God's yeah. at, but also yep. being intentional. Yep. So actually, talking as a family, what are we going to do? What can we do? What can we offer? Yeah, definitely. And even looking at how when they're going through bad times or tough times, and we recently yes. we saw one of our neighbours having a you know a rough day and and cooked her a meal, and I think and she was like, why? And I said, because you're having a bad day. And and then another one was you know with the the kid with the 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 hole in the fence. It was his birthday and his sister's birthday within a couple of weeks of each other, and we were sharing cakes and presence and all just really just finding ways to connect with them and show them that we value them and we value their kids and the relationship. Yeah, but that doesn't come from nothing either. It starts from yep. something and it builds and then you yep. know when their birthday is yep. and then you can do something. And yep. it and, and vice versa, they came around for Kyra's birthday and brought balloons and gifts and, and, and cake. So, yeah, it was really, really special and that's what we want all the way through is just authentic God-based relationship. And it's two-way. You have to be able to receive it as well, <laughs> yes. which can be hard. And we had that actually um, earlier in, in the lockdown period because we had a neighbour that um, saw that we were collecting wood and they um, came across the room and said, oh, we've got a whole heap of wood and brought wood over and yeah. brought a whole lot of um, 
and bought some flowers for us and it was just and and marshmallows because they knew that we were building a fire because we'd run out of marshmallows (laughs) and so that was really really thoughtful so to be able to accept and receive that Mm -hmm. the blessing as well too was amazing I've loved hearing about the last couple of years of your mission experience, but where did the seed of mission um, get planted for you as a child? Well, I remember I I grew up in Sri Lanka, so um, Mm. and I remember as a four-year-old, mum saying, oh, we're going to a ship. And I said, a ship? And she said, we're going to um, get some books and some Christian materials. And I didn't know what that meant. And I remember there was the ship and it was the doulos and that had come to Sri Lanka and I remember stepping into this ship and being really afraid of falling down the gap (laughs) and the steps and the stairways (laughs) and then walking inside something I'd never seen before and it was books upon books upon books and that's where I got one, my first Christian storybooks um, and a nursery rhyme. In your language? No, in English. So we spoke, yeah, so we spoke in English and so uh, I still have that book to this day and well, the nursery rhyme one, and it was just one of those. And my favorite, favorite book was, and and my favorite story of the Bible was Jonathan and David and the friendship that they had. And so I used to read it all the time. And so that was my first ever experience of mission. And then when we came to Australia, we had uh, friends that uh, were missionaries as well too. And then as I grew older, my sister decided to go on the mission field. And so and. Uh, and she went to Guatemala. And so, you know, I- interacting with her and her stories over the years as well too. Uh, but also Pete did, my my husband Peter, he went and uh, did Aboriginal mission. And so he did basketball mission. So we it's kind of permeated our story. And then when we moved to the UK, he went and did uh, mission in Ukraine with the, the youth group kids. So up till that point, I hadn't been exposed to a mission trip until I went to Cambodia. So I had little bits of other people around me that were yes. experiencing that. And my sister Minori, she she went to Cambodia with Tia, working um, with an organisation there and, and connecting with Pip and, and Catherine mm-hmm. as well. And I think there was just this incredible time of um, all the people around us were interacting with mission. And I remember my mum going back to Sri Lanka to an orphanage that our family had kind of connections with and her going and helping in that orphanage and the impact that that on, had on her as well too. And so I think there's there was so much going around me, but I was never really delving into it. So when going to Cambodia on this global exposure trip, it really opened my eyes to what mission could look like. Yeah, and it sounds like the other experiences kind of created a picture in your minds that mission was going somewhere like an action, like doing something in a formal sense, but then coming back from Cambodia became mission. No, it's a way of life. It's it's mission or living. It's in my neighbourhood. It's um, for everyone, for all of us. And I don't think I'd ever put the language to it. I'd been doing it. So we did it in the UK with our neighbours. Our neighbours became our favourite friends. And so they were part of our lives. We had amazing conversations, but we never kind of, it wasn't, that intentional, authentic relationship. Looking back over the past years of being a missional follower of Jesus, are there times that you kind of look back and say, oh, we got that a little bit wrong? (laughs) Yes, absolutely, (laughs) many times, and I know of them. Um, There was one time with our neighbours, it was really funny. Um, It was actually when we were leaving the UK and uh, we had just built this incredible relationship with all of our neighbours. I was teaching drums to the lady 
across the road, her son, and she in turn was doing our garden. Um, and we just had this beautiful symbiotic relationship with all of their neighbours. And and um, I don't know if we it was it was the day that we just we'd all our furniture had gone, we'd shipped it back to Australia, and um, <laughs> we um, we decided to borrow the barbecue for our next door neighbours. Chairs and tables were brought across the fence, and we all came and. Um, everyone was bringing their own plates and cutlery because we had nothing left because everything had been shipped. <laughs> and then we had this barbecue and unfortunately, and it was the Australians cooking the barbecue yes. and the barbecue was slightly tilted forward and it got, it went alight. The whole thing, oh. the whole thing caught on fire. <laughs> no. <laughs> I got this so wrong. And it was really awkward because we didn't really know what to say so it wasn't your it wasn't barbecue. our barbecue, and we were cooking on our next door neighbor's barbecue, and they didn't know what to say because they were so polite and English, and you know it's, we still got the food cooked, but the whole <laughs> side of their barbecue because it was a wooden barbecue was just oh. all charred and blackened, and we kind of just didn't do anything about it when really we should have kind of offered to pay or do something, and so yeah. I feel we kind of got it a bit wrong there yes. and we did turn up at like I think maybe a week later and they'd bought themselves a new barbecue but I felt that to show kind of our love and the way like you know <laughs> and they didn't blame us because all the fire and the oil apparently they'd got it on the wrong angle and nobody just bothered to move it and it was just really awkward oh. but we could have done that better in showing them some grace and or just saying hey look we'll offer to pay for some of your barbecue um, but, yes, yeah, so we didn't do that very well. But they were very forgiving of us. Aww. And so they were just really thoughtful and lovely and, and sent us off on our merry way back to Australia. So, yeah. yeah. So you've used that word awkward yeah. <laughs> there and the awkwardness of that encounter and not sort of knowing what to do and what to yeah. say. And I think that as a young person myself and in um, relationship with um, non-Christian friends, the kind of feeling of, potential awkwardness in conversation and avoiding awkwardness yeah. um, in faith conversations is a real barrier yeah. and can be a real barrier. Yeah. So, um, yeah, how do you overcome that feeling? Yeah. yeah, and I think for us in that particular situation was we kind of pushed it under the carpet rather than address it. And I think as we were leaving the country, I remember going around and saying, look, after like uh, it was a couple of weeks sort of thing yeah um because we had to pack up quite a few weeks before we left and I said to them look we're really sorry we didn't actually offer to do that and I think sometimes going in with truth and honesty creates that authentic relationship again because they see that they they saw the trauma that we felt (laughs) (laughs) but also that sense of we had a contrite heart and we were like feeling really repentant and saying we're really sorry. And I think sometimes to if we push aside that awkwardness, then we're actually not dealing with the issue or dealing with those feelings or dealing with the comments, whatever it is. Um, and I think when you're trying to build relationship, we want honest conversations. We want to be able to connect with people on a deeper level and they'll appreciate that as well too. And they can react to that either way and they were so full of grace for us. They were like, don't worry about it. We've got this covered. We needed a new barbecue anyway, <laughs> um, So, which was really very lovely of them. But I think when it, when it comes to those awkward conversations with our non-Christian friends, to be able to 
also know that we don't always have the answer. I think that's yes. really key. Just and, and if there is questions that they have of us, sometimes we don't have the answer and it's okay and say, I don't know. I actually don't know, but I can find that out for you. Or when you've done something wrong and you need to apologize and, you know, to man up about that. So it took us a few weeks. Yes. <laughs> it was so embarrassing. What a great conversation. I really appreciated that um, chance to talk with you, Solari. And I would just love to encourage anyone who's listening, if anything popped up for you in that conversation um, as we explored a whole variety of things, then please do get in touch with your Global Interaction State team. They would love to journey with you and um, see where God might be leading you. You can also head to our website for more resources and links and information and episodes. You can head to www.globalinteraction.org.au forward slash podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. You've been listening to Missioning and we can't wait to share another wonderful story with you next time.